Hello everyone, welcome to Sec Tools podcast by Infosec Campus. I'm your host of the show Sanup Thomas. Today we have Nishant Sharma with us to talk about a lot of projects that he worked on so far. Hi Nishant, welcome to the show. Uh thank you Snoop. Thank you for inviting me. Great. Um so this happened very quickly. So I reached out to you and you said uh, yeah, let's do it in the next couple of days. So thanks for accommodating your time. How did you get started into Infosec first of all? uh so at pentester academy we have this culture of doing things very fast so when you reached out you know it was kind of obligation as well as uh, the way we were so you know it, it happened so fast and you know uh, i'm so happy that you know we were able to close it uh, before that so now coming to the first question uh so when i was in my college uh, you know when i was doing my graduation uh, obviously i have a bachelor's degree in education uh, in in engineering and then i have a master's degree in engineering computer science uh during my bachelor's degree uh, you know when i was not that much aware of uh, uh, information security because i have done my degree from himachal pradesh so exposure was not uh, you know in comparison or in par with uh, delhi or uh, mumbai or you know many bigger cities that you uh, can expect uh so at that time i was stumbling you know i was finding for resources uh, on on internet and i actually landed on securitydube.net so that's how i started into this so you know i watched vivek's mega primers so at that time mega primers were there so i watched those and it actually uh, encouraged me to start in uh, security so i started thinking about it but uh, as you know right uh, the time when we were in the college it was not that easy to get started with these things right uh the tools the other things the resources those were not that much uh so what i decided at that time uh, that's the thing that you know i i thought is makes most sense i went for my masters degree with specialization in information and security so i did that from triplet uh, delhi then uh, after two years then i joined a company uh, which uh, used to create uh, wifi uh, access point systems for enterprises and they were they were more popular Uh, because they had one of the best wireless intrusion prevention system uh, in the world uh, so i joined them and after that uh, you know uh, you know my my journey started great at some point uh, in anybody's infosec careers they must have gone through at least one video of vivek ramachandran that's the level he is uh, it's it's a it's a fact to admit for a pretty much everybody so uh when you started as a uh, user of security tube and now working with him working in pentester academies and creating the the gap of education systems right and that's something that we probably need to talk a little more um we everyone understand that there is an there is a knowledge gap between what we academically study in in uh, universities or in in regular curriculum versus what exactly happen in the industry um i would feel that it's not just with the infosec industry but pretty much with the technology industry itself right i mean um i i develop or maybe a factory programs in in cc++ it's not going to be helpful for me in in actual um corporate uh, but that's definitely build a very very foundational level for me um since you already experienced that that um educational gap and then working to um working with security to pentester academy attack defense to bridge that gap um how does it feel your work impacting the the community 
so it's a very valid point and uh, it is i think one of the toughest problems that uh, we have faced uh, in the past time and we are still facing it uh, the good thing is that we are making progress on it right uh, it's not only about the security field if you talk about software development if you talk about any other field right uh, that gap is always uh, already there uh, but you know it is it is shrinking now and the reason of it shrinking is uh, obviously first of all uh, the kind of revolution that we have seen especially in india right so now you have internet connectivity you have better resources you have more companies providing you things the mobile phones they have revolutionized everything right so best people best teachers can now reach those people who they were never able to reach before so that's a, that's a good thing now you know uh, talking more on the same topic uh so we we try our best to to bridge that gap because as you already mentioned that you know uh, when you are in a college obviously uh, you know you cannot just start working on real world things you need to have some base and that base starts from that hello world c program right you start from there and then when you go to industry you know the gap that is there uh, it is so difficult to bridge it because if you if you take uh, you know if you if you see the time that you have spent during the degree and then the time that you are spending during the uh, the job right so it's not small time so when you are learning about it it takes it takes one uh, you know one year two year three years uh, when you are learning about new things about industry as well as when you are starting with uh, the basics of computer science so now this much of time you are not getting anywhere right so this time is not free you don't have that time anywhere and because college is not planning for that your your job is not planning for that so what people do to bridge that as of now is uh from college time they will start doing it in parallel and then they will keep doing this in their first job as well that's how it is being done so but you know if we can and a lot of institutes a lot of universities are already doing uh, you know work on it they are now reaching out to third party uh, companies like you know like us uh to get content that they know is very difficult for them to make on on a daily basis so they are doing that and apart from that the internship right so internships were there for a very long time but the problem is uh, one more factor that we are seeing right the startups right the startups are a lot now if you compare uh, you know to the time that we were in, in college 7 to 8 years back uh, the number was that not that much and if uh, there were startups uh, they were also not you know that big they didn't have that kind of funding that they can take risks with the interns but now that thing is also changing so i think all of this uh, will make a very good impact going forward and uh, at pentastra academy we you know every day as as you mentioned every day we are working on something which is making people more uh, you know better in what they do in their job or uh, in their quest to get the job so yeah it it feels good so uh, being a teacher is a very beautiful thing sure. uh, and thanks to the internet we don't have walls in our classes right <laughs> so wherever our content goes uh, we can also help people out exactly so it, it it is a good thing yeah it's reaching like you know worldwide uh, everyone is enjoying the videos the quality is amazing so yeah keep keep doing that uh, keep keep providing more content to the community so always appreciate that um coming to the uh, coming to the projects that you worked on um you had worked on pretty much a a bunch of open source projects um released uh, uh not just open source like a software based you also worked on hardware kits as well right um where did that start like what do you think about the first 
um, open source contribution that you made? Uh, so uh, again, uh, all of these projects, right? So uh, if you if you see that uh, we ha I have worked on different different uh, parts. So uh, one time we were working on a chip, eight two six six ESP eight two six six. It's very popular, right? Then ESP thirty two came, and similarly, we'll see. Then we switched to BLE, we switched to uh, packet analysis, and all. So all of this is uh, not random. Obviously, anyone can tell that it's not random. It looks random, but it's not exactly. So the way it works is. When we are working on our labs, or when we are working on a new course or a private training, so at that time we we have to create content. Yeah. So when we are doing all of this content creation, uh, you know that you, when you read about a lot of things, right, uh, about a topic, so obviously you are bound to find some gap or something which you don't like, right? Uh, there there will be a tool that you think is very tedious. There will be a way of doing things which you think could be. You know, could be possible in less resource, and should be possible for anyone, everyone, anyone and everyone to do, right? Mm -hmm. So all of that was behind uh, these tools. So you know, if I talk about the first one, the ESP eight two six six, at that time ESP eight two six six was uh, not that old. Now everyone knows about it. At that time, uh, it was being used by hobbyists a lot. But in security field, people were doing Wi-Fi attacks on with it, but uh, only deauthentication was there. Right. They were sticking to that thing. So at the time, you know, we were thinking how to teach people uh, about making their own custom gadgets. And we have also done that uh, with other, uh, you know, devices off the shelf. Right. So we, we went ahead and we saw what all can be done. So we checked about other attacks, right? You have your honeypot-based attack, you have your fake portals, you have your beacon attacks. So all of those we incorporated. Because you know someone has already built the deauthentication, so it is it is as a researcher, as a contributor to the field, it is your duty to take that forward, right? right. So we did that first, and next year they actually came up with the ESP32. That means it was there, but it was not that popular. And in ESP32, you had more processing power, so you were able to do those things which was not possible on 8266. On 8266, uh, I remember when I was writing this code, uh, so. I was writing it in C uh, because you know it supports Arduino and you can write code in C. And I was using linked list and arrays and everything to store uh, things. But because it's so small, uh, I remember when we were doing doing scanning. So I tried kind of you know I will say war walking with it. So I walked around my society and I wanted to capture how many devices you know clients and and after walking for uh, actually five minutes it actually crashed because you know the number of devices. Uh, the storage for that it actually exceeded the yeah. memory that the, this device had. So all of those were fun to solve. Uh, but then ESP32 came. It had BLE also, so we created something on BLE which will emulate uh, the devices that you want to, uh, you know, uh, that you want to pen test or that you want to use for from the Bluetooth angle. Mm -hmm. So for example, you have a smartwatch. It has uh, interface for uh, BLE, right? You have your your services, their practice sticks, and all of those. So now, if you want to just interact with it, or if you want to do, uh, you know, interaction with a lock, uh, the way people do it, uh, you will go ahead, you will order a lock, and then you will try it out, right? But what if you have something which can actually connect and clone all the practice sticks? And it's possible because if it is readable, if it is not protected by, uh, you know, some kind of protection, you can actually connect and get all of the data, and you can emulate that on your chip. So it will just look and behave from from root to the angle, right? Obviously, it's a chip; it's not going to become a lock automatically, yeah. but it will behave like that. 
So that was the idea behind that. And then similarly, when we were working on our uh, VoIP uh, analysis uh, mm -hmm. training, so it was uh, a training that we did for one of our clients in US. Uh, and we then released all of that, uh, some of that material as uh, a course also on our site. So at that time when we were doing this, so we came across that, you know, uh, okay, so analyzing this is uh, really hard uh, in, in Varsha. And especially when you have to decrypt it. So there were uh, LibSRTP and uh, one more tool was there. But these are written in C, you have to compile them on Linux and then you have to, you know, uh, follow four to five tedious steps to actually, you know, uh, decrypt it even when the keys are present in the stream. So that's what, you know, we, we came up with this idea, what if you have a Wireshark plugin uh, that is there, it will automatically identify the key and it will automatically identify the stream that the key belongs to and it will automatically decrypt. And you can also export it as a MP4 because that's what people want to listen to, right? right. If you have tried to listen to audio packets, reconstructing audio, audio packets in Wireshark, uh, it doesn't work that well. So this is how all of these projects came into uh, life. It's I was not looking for it. It's just the work. It just it just came your way. It just came your way. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, you yeah, found yeah. you found plots there to you know that that includes. I mean that that demands an improvements or that demands something something extra that you can contribute or you know optimize it and and that's you you take it forward. Um, pretty much a right, for right. every modern or so for example like a physic void something the the uh maybe if i'm wrong I, i'm wrong i have not worked on void for a long time uh the the technology hasn't been um evolved as security practices for a for a very long time and i've seen void hacks and void um uh, void void security tools or uh, doing pen testing tools and long back but i haven't seen so much of them happening these days, I am um, assuming that those kind of evolution kind of stop somewhere. Like you know, uh, but you see that there is there is definitely like a room for improvement. But that's that attitude sort of applicable for even modern technology, even for web or for any other uh, technologies that we're working on. There is definitely room for improvement. Um, how did you? Uh, so you you very humbly said it's just came your way, but uh, <laughs> I would assume that you. How did you find that spark? How did you find that spark? So, for example, like, so uh, one thing that I, I wanted to like highlight here, right? When we see that, hey, I want to deliver a content, um, let that be training or a project or something. Um, I want to work on it. Uh, my target, my obvious target will be like, hey, finish it. Uh, you know, let's let's finish the deliverable, right? Let's finish the, the, the content. Uh, whether it is a pen test report or a training or or maybe a software that you're developing and whatever it is. But when you find that spark, how did you find an extra time to even work on it? So yeah, that that's a very good question. <laughs> and this is the same question that I'm asking myself nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> how I was able to find that kind of time. Uh, so uh, one, one thing actually, uh, you know, how... So for some of these... Uh, so, you know, let me break it up. So when we were working with the, the Wi-Fi stuff, right? So at that time, we were actually planning to launch our own gadgets. And we also did that uh, in form of a hacker arsenal. So it was a store that we ran for some time. Uh, and uh, we used to sell uh, Wi-Fi related uh, gadgets on it. So you had uh, the ESP32 based uh, gadget, which you can have, uh, use, you know, as a, as a sniffer. Uh, 
as a honeypot you can you were able to use it if you want to deploy it in multiple uh, you know in, in a cluster you can do that and you can monitor a larger area uh, so it was more focused toward deception and detection then there was one more thing that we created from from this mr3020 uh, router which is very popular for all of these uh, experiments it's very cheap and you can take it from off the shelf or you can buy it from amazon and uh, what we did it was open wrt compatible and that's one of the reasons why we actually chose it so we uh, wrote a special firmware for it and uh, you know it's not that uh, difficult <laughs> open wrt provides you everything you know you can you can do that and then in that we incorporated some of our code which will actually help you to deploy it anywhere in the network you just need to provide it power supply and uh, ethernet connection and you can pretty much sniff it from there mm -hmm. so when you deploy multiple of these you are actually going to monitor a larger space just like enterprise things do but that with the budget of you know uh, in comparison to enterprise it's nothing it yeah. will be you know uh, if you talk of in dollars it will be 100 to 100 dollars you can actually monitor a very large space mm -hmm. because that device itself would cost 30 to 40 dollars so all of that were uh, in in the mind when we were doing this and that's why you know we we were able to find time for this that's why we were we were spending a lot of time on it uh, but then uh, when we start delivering these devices and everything uh, the pain points were more and the problem was you know shipping and all the things so that's why we just you know send it to the back burner and then we focus our, our energy and time totally on attack defense Okay. And second, the VoIP projects, right? So at that time, because we have to deliver the training, so obviously that was doing. But as part of training, we were also telling them how to create the plugins to, you know, do uh, do analysis for their proprietary protocols, and also for the protocols that you know Varshad doesn't understand. So that was also kind in the way. And then uh, we have this tradition of hiring interns out of the college. And you know, if they, uh, when they are working with us, we like to work on all of this. So a lot of work, actually, most of the coding part for uh, the the wipe shark and the PA toolkit was actually done by Jeswin. Mm -hmm. So he was working as an intern at that time with me, uh, and then he joined us full time, and now he is completing his two years now uh, this this August. So that's how you know it, it happened. Otherwise. Uh, if if I have to do this uh, without a team, without other people, uh, it it won't be possible. Yeah. With with given the other work and you know busy schedule, so. But yeah, as team, you you are more focused on like you know building new researchers or you, uh, eventually making that result available for the community to you know learn from it. Right. You know, for last two years, totally our focus has been attack defense, so uh, we were not able to yeah. do a lot. But yeah, we try. <laughs> we try our best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's see. Uh, we'll definitely looking forward to it. But uh, let me ask you this: Normally, when we say like Wi-Fi securities, and you know, traditional things were like, "Hey, um, run an air crack suit um, and then find information from it, or do traditional way of doing pen testing and whatnot." It's very rarely someone actually think about like what extra I can do on Wi-Fi security, right? What more things that I can found from Wi-Fi security. How do you end up evolving or rather like introducing new tools or new method of analyzing things or, you know, simplifying complex codes or simplifying more complex attack techniques? What's the driving factor of that? 
so yeah uh, wi-fi is uh, you know uh, since the time i saw my first wi-fi mega primer uh, at security tube after that i was you know pretty excited about it because wi-fi hacking is something that uh, used to give you some kind of kick at that time right now it has become very easy uh, your security things haven't changed a lot and when now the change when you know you're entering wpa3 uh, they haven't left anything to you now <laughs> they have secured pretty much everything yeah so a lot of work was not happening on that so uh, one one thing was because it was i think at that time it was easy or for some reason it grabbed my attention and then uh, after that i actually joined this company as i was mentioning before and there i was actually writing code for uh, these enterprise uh, based access points mm-hmm. which were also being used as the sensors for the wireless intelligence system so the the understanding for wifi came from there a lot of understanding actually came from there because you know we we knew uh, how it is actually working right what code is you know running what is happening so that actually gives you a very good insider view mm-hmm. as a programmer you always have that disadvantage that you know you you know how the thing works internally and if you want to replicate it you can also do it right, right. so that that was the other thing and then you know vivek was there vivek uh, has done a lot of work in wifi yeah. so under his guidance and under his ideas uh, it was not you know tough for me mm-hmm. so uh, again a lot of uh, things that we have done uh, vivek is obviously it, it goes without saying yeah, he is the mentor he is the boss <laughs> <laughs> so So yeah, that's 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 how the Wi-Fi actually became strong uh, for yeah. me and also for for the team. So during the the development of all these softwares, right? Let's take all of them as a bunch. And uh, what do you find more challenging? Is it the the thought process, how you design a toolkit, or, or the development itself, or what bug fixes and what user user test cases? What what what, what do you feel more more challenging and more exciting both? right right so i can uh, i can say that uh, the planning phase because the planning phase is the one where you are actually taking that knowledge of the domain and then you are taking you know how it will be done right so one is the application and one is the implementation how you will do and when you marry both of these right so that's the part when i think most of the thought goes into uh, and the other aspect of it is uh, the user right so you cannot comp- uh, you cannot expect the user to be on the same level as you are so you might be happy you know running 10 commands or running 10 steps one by one but your user might not want that right because he hasn't worked on this from the from scratch so uh, making sure that they can follow it they can use it making it as simple as you know pressing a, a button or firing a script so that uh, designing part is the main thing uh, once you have planned it once you have a proper design for it after that uh, i will not say um, coding it is a trivial job obviously but it is not that difficult it is not that difficult and and a lot of researchers actually think that coding is the tough part actually it's not <laughs> <laughs> actually given today's scenario you can always you know go on up work if you if you are not a coder right that's not a disadvantage anymore right uh, not being a coder is you know the days are in past now uh, i i'm not sure if you have uh, heard of this no code movement so there are a lot of startups which are built by people who don't know anything about coding yeah. so there are tools that you can use to you know start your own mail letters to start your own things and even to get your websites and what not up and if you don't want to use that there is always upwork yeah right 
you have the the knowledge is the main part the idea is the main part right. and then knowing how to make this execute you don't have to be the executioner anymore right you can always uh, go to the guy you can do a partnership with him you know you can co publish or if you are making a product you can pay the guy or pay him in equity and then you can get it done yeah so that's that that boundary is going now true true uh what do you um suggest to the um security community so people who wanted to get into infosec or people who wanted to get into open source uh, software development what's your word of wisdom so far from so far experience <laughs> yeah so last two three words are very important <laughs> from so far right from from your experience because again uh, still a learner still very yeah, uh, young. i would yeah. like to that, that's everyone <laughs> like, just just 30 as of now <laughs> so <laughs> maybe uh but yeah uh from my experience i can say that you know whoever is going to security there are uh, there are multiple things obviously uh but top things that i think uh, persons should uh, remember first thing is uh, to make sure when you are learning about something uh, you have to get your basics very clear right once your basics are clear you can use them as building blocks to build whatever you want so what people do a lot of new people do it and it's not the wrong approach uh, they what they will do they will uh, start with a block they will start copying it or they will start replicating it now replication is okay right because if you're doing it first time it's not possible right most of the time it, it won't be but not understanding is the problem yeah. so when you are doing it just put some more effort so that you know what you are doing because that will help you in the cases where you won't have a block to follow and it's very true for research right because the research when you are doing it a lot of things has to come from you right so it can only come from you if you are habitual to that if you are always depending on something and if you are you know following that that's good for execution but for research it is going to be a problem that's one second i think uh, as we already discussed right coding is uh, good if you have it always good if you don't have it just make sure that you know you have at least some comfort with you know uh, your python python is the best one why because people can go for go go language and you know what not but python has the most richest uh, you know the the collection of libraries python has library for everything right you talk about it uh, if you talk about computer vision it has that if you want to crack you know a captcha it has that everything is there you can integrate your nmap and what not in in 5 minutes so that actually helps when you want to do poc so when you want to productize obviously you can go and find people right but when you want to do small tools you are starting out you want to build confidence right so these all of these things can come really handy because when you see something in action when it is doing something uh, the kind of pride that you will get if you recall the first time you ran your hello world program right doesn't matter how simple it was right it's just one line print f but you it it prints right yeah. so that's that's the validation and that i think uh, is very important if you see some some minor successes it will encourage you yeah. so that encouragement is important for continuous learning okay. so i think yeah, two two are enough if you <laughs> can uh, you know all of these <laughs> simple yeah what what you um, uh, ended up that sentence as um, continuous learning is more important especially in infosec um, it's it's never a, there is no graduation that you can finish it and then that's it uh, there is no master of infosec so far we are all learning <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
um so yeah thanks uh thanks nishan thanks thanks uh, a lot for sharing your experience especially on your on your journey on your tool development and also uh, your good words for the uh, infosec community so really appreciate uh, your time with that yeah thank you again for uh, inviting me and giving me this opportunity to share you know my thoughts my experiences uh, with people because uh, as you rightly said right uh, so there is this very good saying that uh, you don't know from where the next einstein will come right not everyone can become an einstein but you don't know from where the next one is going to come mm-hmm. so similarly you don't know which thing or which activity or which thought of some person is going to inspire whom so because you know everyone is so uh, subjective and so uh, uh, so separate individualistic in their own that you cannot guess these things so maybe you know someone might think that you know if this guy can do it i can also do and that's all that uh, i think we should uh, you know we should try to do so yeah thanks again for inviting and uh, yeah you are doing a really good thing before coming to the show i also went through two to three of you know uh, previous episodes that you have done and yeah a lot of a lot of wisdom is being you know spread out so it's up to the up to the people to catch to that and you know Uh, mint it. That's 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 all I can say. <laughs> Thank you, Nishad. Thanks a lot.